Welcome to the Hamumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown, the podcast where we watch scary movies so you don't have to. From award-winning to completely unknown, we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Solange Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously as we take these movies seriously. First, the news. There is a horror movie called Dude Bro Party Massacre 3, and the big news is that I have never seen that movie, which is... Wow. I mean, that's a shock. Yeah. I think maybe we should see it sometime soon. Okay. Okay heard of it for years and very interested. That's not the movie we saw this week? No. This week, we saw the movie Delirium from 2018, which I think, because the title Delirium doesn't make any sense at all for this movie, I think what they really originally titled it was Dude Bro Party Massacre, either one or two. Sure. Because obviously we wouldn't have a three otherwise. And that's what I've been calling it. That makes sense. That was definitely a Dude Bro Party Massacre. Yeah. All of those things existed in this movie. <laughs> yeah, except maybe the massacre. I mean, they all died. Did they? They yeah, just they all disappeared. ended up in her family photo oh, at the end. I know. Spoilers. <laughs> wow. This is deep stuff that you're leaving out there. Okay, so Delirium, which I agree is not a title that makes any sense whatsoever, <laughs> is the story of a collection of men, or dude bros, if you will, uh-huh. That have a party? Who are of an indeterminate age. They sure are. I looked at the ages on IMDb, and I could only find an age for one of them. And he was 30 at the time of filming. Yeah. Which doesn't really fit the plot. No, because like these guys are all... They all live in a big building together. They throw a raging party. They're hazing one another. I feel like... This definitely is supposed to be early 20s at the latest, because these yeah. are college students. Well, I guess. We, we do, don't have proof that they're going to college, though. No, but I mean, what else, what else would it be? Well, here's the thing, though. This isn't a fraternity. It's very specific and named many times that this is Hell Gang. And we all know you don't have to be in your 20s to be in Hell Gang. I mean... There's only one thing wait, you have to do to be an L game. So is your theory that this is a group of guys who grew up <laughs> together 30s. and have been friends for like three decades, two decades, I don't know when they met, preschool, kindergarten, third grade, who knows, that they've been friends for this whole time, they've created a little like group for themselves, hell gang, and they are now in their 30s, unmarried, because they all had, like, Obviously. nagging girlfriends. <laughs> yes. They're all in their 30s and all doing some kind of job that apparently sustains them, I but guess. that they all kind of live in the same area and continue to throw big parties and continue mm-hmm. to pretend that they are going to let other people join <laughs> their club. Yeah, see, I was going to attack your point about how they've been together forever with the idea that, no, they're constantly initiating new people into but Hell Gang. Not. I guess not. They, we, we witnessed two initiation attempts 
and they both go badly. But they even talk about the fact they're like, so if he's successful, yeah. are we really going to let him in? And they were like, no. no. So like, they're just sending people to their deaths for no reason. <laughs> yeah, except they don't think it's to their deaths. They think it's just for fun. Okay, how many times are they going to send some initiate <laughs> off to a haunted house and not have him return before they start thinking, maybe this isn't a good plan? I would like to point out that that's, that only happened once before they started having the conversation. So, uh, not a big deal. Counterpoint? That only happened once that was covered in this movie. True, but I feel like they would have been like, every time we send someone, they die or disappear. I don't, I don't think these guys cared or were that perceptive. <laughs> and yet, they had girlfriends who were like, oh, we want to be in Hell Gang too. Yeah. But yeah. no, there's one rule in Hell Gang, and it's yeah. not that you don't talk about Hell Gang because they talked about it a lot. <laughs> Extensively. <laughs> it's that you're a boy. Boys only. It was yeah. a no homers club for boys. So, okay. So there's this group of guys and they initiate potential new members who they never intend on actually letting become members <laughs> by sending them to this haunted house. And what 30 year olds are wanting to be in this club? Right? I mean, there was a lot of drinking and apparently there are girls. Yeah, yeah except the girls aren't allowed to be there. Oh, but they were at the party. They're just not allowed to go to on the hell initiation initiation <laughs> runs i don't know and they were very like very annoyed like they they those girls acted exactly like whatever that little girl's name was who was the like the only little girl in little rascals who was always mad that they wouldn't <laughs> let her go do the things it's a good reference Sully. right people are definitely gonna remember <laughs> little rascals <laughs> Like, that's how they were, though. They were just like, mm, we want to play, too. <laughs> yeah. So they're not allowed to play. No girls allowed. They send these guys off. I think what they're supposed to do is they take this elaborate, like, recording rig. Yeah. That they have to wear, basically. They take it with them. They're supposed to go through the woods to this haunted house and stand on the porch and, and record proof that they were there and then come back. And if they do that, then supposedly they it's okay for them to be part of Hell Gang. Indeed. Yeah, this house has a very, very long driveway that even your mom would be jealous of because... <laughs> My mom, who has a, a mile-long driveway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The intro to this movie is the previous kid, Billy, doing his attempt. And it's like... 10 minutes of him walking through woods and going yeah. nowhere at all until eventually he shows up at a swimming pool because this isn't some old house. It's like from 20 years ago or something. And it's huge because yeah. theoretically it was the house where this couple and their like 19 children lived. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's basically looks like a, like a dormitorium or something like it's massive yeah. and has this empty swimming pool. So I can just, like, I'm picturing as they're filming this, the characters just having to go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth <laughs> yeah. over the same land, the same ground so many times in order to show that there was all this distance between where yeah. the, the fence was and where the house was. Which I don't know why they needed there to be so much distance. But no. It, there it was. Yeah, it was, I mean, partly because they wanted to have their whole, like, Blair Witch, we're running through the woods mm. kind of scenes. They didn't have much going on there. This is uh, 
not a found footage film, but almost a found footage film. It can't decide. Yeah, yeah. A lot of it is filmed because one of the main characters is like super into filming everything. It's one of those ones where you get lots and lots of footage at the end of like this group of friends, like everything that they do, like this one character documents everything that they do because he's a filmmaker or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like when authors write books about authors. (laughs) Yeah. Movies that make movies about movie makers. I'm just like, (laughs) ugh, okay. Sure. But then it'll suddenly cut from that shot that that, that is obviously being filmed to some shot that's not being filmed by a character. It's just happening. Yeah. And it and it's the same type of camera, the same type of shot. So it's like very weird. You never see like those shots never saw the guy who had the camera. Oh. Or like there was a time where he's like, oh, I'll I'll trust you. You're the only one I trust with my camera because I want to be in this too. And I'm like, dude, just be in it during one of the scenes when you're not filming it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's almost like they made the movie as found footage and they were like, oh, there's some shots we didn't get that we really wanted. And they just went back and shot those shots for no reason. Honestly, I'm grateful because the found footage part of it, like I always have a hard time when there's found footage movies where they're running around Mm -hmm. in dark spaces and the camera's flying all over the place and you can't tell what's going on and everyone's screaming and it's like way overwhelming. This was one of the worst of those. Like there were so many times where I was like, I just don't even have any idea what's happening right now. Yeah, I don't know where I am. I don't know who is in front of me, who's holding the camera. (laughs) I don't know who's chasing them. I don't know. Did someone just die? Yes. Did we just fall down? I don't know. I had that problem, but a large part of it was that our characters, Austin, Keith, Muzo, Chase, and Lucas, they didn't all look the same so much as there were like two different looks and they all shared those two, yes. two looks. So so I could tell which half of the group I was looking at, <laughs> but that was it. Like they're just dude bros. Yes. They yes, were the flannel were. dude bros and the... T-shirt dude bros. But, and the flannel dude bros were wearing identical flannel. <laughs> Same color, everything. Why? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was not easy to tell what was going on. So I was grateful for the, like, not found footage pieces where there was a little bit, like, it was a little less chaotic. It was a little more like, okay, I see where we are and who's here mm-hmm. and all of that. Having complained about the found footage piece of it and all of that and how I didn't like that piece... I will say there were multiple times in this movie where there was somebody who showed up in a mirror or who like mm-hmm. flickered through the corner of the scene or was just a shadow somewhere where you really had to be paying attention or you wouldn't notice yeah. that they were there. And I like that. Like it's that's always fun. That's that paranormal activity piece that I really like. However, however, I noticed Many of the times, I'm not going to say all, because maybe there were things I didn't notice. I wouldn't know. The camera that was being used to record everything was pointing right at them. Or someone was looking right at them. Because that's, you know, like, we were seeing it because someone else was looking in that direction. And none of these guys ever noticed or made any comment about or reacted in any way to, like, there's an entire human shadow in this window where there's not supposed to be anybody They all noticed the light is on. You didn't notice there was a human standing there? Yeah, that's a fundamental problem in this movie. These things happen. And even in cases where, like, a guy gets taken 
well, not taken away. He just wanders off because they constantly did that. <laughs> yeah, they did. He wanders off to some room by himself and he meets a ghost and it's like right there. It's screaming at him. It does whatever terrible thing and it kind of half possesses him. And then he comes out and he runs back up to meet the other guys. And they're like, dude, are you okay? What's going on? And every time the guy would be like, no, I'm fine. Yeah, there was nothing. Like, what? He's no. making out with a ghost. <laughs> that happened. You were kissing her, dude. Like, <laughs> while her husband looked on. Yeah, that was a thing. Like, you're not, you don't think any of that is relevant information to share with your buddies. And there's a whole part to this movie where over and over again, guys get semi-possessed where they're like act weird and i think maybe that's that's part of it is like you know they're being forced not to tell each other things or they're kind of in a delirious state oh yeah 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 but it's it just doesn't work it doesn't work at all it's just guys having stuff happen to them and then they come back together and go nah nothing happened i don't know what's up with you Okay, so all of that happened. Like, none of them had any emotional reactions to anything. Nothing. And then we get to the end, and the credits are rolling, and then we start getting all this footage (laughs) that this one guy had recorded of parties that they'd been on and times that they went to the swimming hole together. (laughs) The old swimming hole. Like, all the stuff that they did. And it it showed, like, it it was footage that made me think, oh. These guys are really good friends. Like, they care so much about each other because they're all having emotions and, like, taking care of each other. And, like, I was like, where was all of this in the movie? (laughs) Indeed. And that's what I want to get into. As Dude Bro Party Massacre 1, you would think that this is a toxic masculinity movie. And it's... It's got that because there's the girls that can't be in Hell Gang, you know, and then they show up and they're nagging them and it's just, it's all weird and stupid. The only women in this movie are either dead or obnoxious. But despite that stuff, when the dude bros are interacting with each other, they've actually got this whole, like, embrace your feelings kind of... Anti-toxicity going on. Especially around Keith, Uh who is the one who's afraid of everything. (laughs) And they're all, like, not all of them, but several of them are like, no, dude, like, Keith's really worried. Like, Come on, guys, we got to check on him. You know, yeah, it was, when I finally saw the clips at the end, I was like, oh, this is how (laughs) these guys are. Like, they care about each other. It reminded me of, like, my nephew and his buddies, like, who are so close with each other. But for some reason, all of that was, all of the emotion of that was stripped out during the movie. And they said the words. They were like, Keith is upset. Stop bothering Keith. Like, they looked out for each other in the sense of, like, where is this guy? Where is that guy? But not with any level of emotion. Yeah. Except Keith. Keith had his emotions. (laughs) Keith was afraid of everything <laughs> i mean that was kind of was what like was the funny of the group. was you know this kind of story of the dude bros going into the haunted house you would expect them to be full of bravado and they're just like well, i'm not scared of any ghost but no they were just like okay i'm not gonna go in the nursery where these murders no. happen guys just so you know, that's not going to happen. They were all just so scared of just a stupid old house, which turned out to be terribly haunted, but still. So one of my notes that I wrote was that 
There were no reactions to anything that they saw, but they were all terrified at the idea of seeing something. <laughs> yes. And like, it reminds me of when I go with some of my girlfriends on what we call our haunted house retreat. And yeah. we go to a house that is adorable and could easily be haunted if that were a thing. <laughs> and we all know, like we all have that same mentality of like, ooh, haunted, <laughs> but not really because that's not a thing, but ooh, haunted. And so like... We play up that whole time that we're there. We're like, oh, what was that noise? Oh, and we like <laughs> something clunks and we all scream and run into the other room because we're all like pretending to be afraid. Yeah. And that's what these guys were doing. Like every time something like a, a, the wind blew, they would scream and run around and clunk <laughs> into each other. But then they would see an actual ghost and have no reaction. Yeah. And they were just like, no, I'm fine, dude. Um, I do like your point, though, that there there was not the level of toxic masculinity you would expect. Like, is this what's going to happen with horror movies as they're made by younger and younger <laughs> yeah, generations? Like, exactly. Is this what, like, millennial and Gen Z horror movies are going to be like? Yeah. Because I'm here for it. Because they had, they had the one guy who, you know, would pop up and try to scare them. But mm -hmm. every time he did it, they were like... Dude, that's not cool. Don't do that. Yeah. You're not doing that again. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, guys. I shouldn't have done that. And then he'd do it again four minutes later. Because yeah. I can't help it. <laughs> oh, that's the last time. Okay, so let's talk about the haunting of this house. No, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> you would fit right in. I'm just fine. Are you part of Hell Gang? I don't know. I don't even know <laughs> you what you're talking you can't about. You can tell me about it because I'm a girl. I didn't see any haunting. So at first they have no idea. They're just like, this house is haunted. No one knows why. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's shaky. <laughs> and then one of them starts talking about how he knows, and it's because some guy killed his wife and their 19 kids, and so it's haunted by the wife and kids. I don't know. You know, whatever. Yeah. And the guy. And the guy. But then as the movie unfolds, we learn something new. Amazing. Quality writing. <laughs> Twist. <laughs> so, I guess the way I understand it, the wife killed the husband and the kids because the husband wanted to take the kids away from her because she was obviously crazy due to the whole killing thing. And she's like, nobody's ever going to take my kids away from me. She was really mad. And she was transferring that anger to them trying to rescue each other. Like, somehow when these, when these guys, who again are 30 years old. <laughs> but they're probably not supposed to be. Show up at her house, she like claims them mm -hmm. and and you know wants them to be hers. And as she gets them, they show up in this like big family photo of like yeah. her and her husband and their 19 kids who are all like between the ages of I don't know, five and 12, it looks like. Yeah. I mean, I guess some of them were probably 18, but I don't know how she managed to have that many kids that fast. Like, she must have been she popping them probably out. probably only had a few and has been murdering people <gasps> at different ages. Interesting. Yeah. Theory. See? Except that these five dudes that she caught during this movie all showed up in the picture looking like 30-year-olds. It's true. Like, I don't know. So... <laughs> Yeah, so she's she's transferring her anger of her husband trying to take her children away from her to these guys who are trying to take her victims away from her. Themselves. Yes. 
And, and so, you know, she's, again, it's a woman in this movie who is both dead and crazy. <laughs> and yes. nagging. And nagging. Yeah, so it's like toxic and yet also non-toxic. It's, it's an interesting mix. I mean, it's less toxic between the men. Yes. Which is a, a step in the right direction. Yeah. We still need to work on them extending that lack of toxicity to <laughs> anyone who's outside their definition of man. But, yeah, you know. Yeah, that's true. Little little steps. I mean, this was 2018, so we've progressed. Have we? Theoretically, it's been six years. <laughs> she really, really wanted Austin. Austin was the one she made out with. Like she really wanted him. Well, and he was the one that she pretended or was convinced was her husband, trying yeah. to take the other guys away yeah. from her. And so then he shows up in the picture with her husband in the picture, or did he replace her husband in the picture? I don't know. They would, they moved over that picture too fast for me. Yeah. Especially when all the guys look alike. Right. And Austin wasn't one of the flannel guys, so no. they were one of three people who could Well, and in the been. picture, it didn't matter, because in the picture, they it was uh, one of those white shirt-themed pictures, so they all had a white shirt oh, on. Oh, yeah, like an old-timey, sepia-toned, everyone's yeah. dressed the same kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny. In the afterlife, they had to go, and they're like, no, no, change out of those clothes. <laughs> we're doing the picture today. Well, and after they had died, you know, been gotten by Lady Brandt, they would show up as ghosts and they were they had changed their clothes then. Yeah. You could tell when they were actually dead and not just trying to escape because <laughs> yeah. they were then dressed like they lived in the early 1900s. In the, in the 1990s. <laughs> <laughs> you know, way back in the last century. <laughs> I mean, this house was just like, it was way more modern than it should have been. There were crayon drawings up on the wall that were, you know, like modern piece of paper with modern crayon colors on them. And it's like, that doesn't look old at all. No. Yeah, was there, was, there were some some flaws in the storytelling. Yeah. Speaking of, they made a big deal out of the blood stain at the bottom of the pool. Yeah. Did that ever go anywhere? Like, did we ever... Well, I think it was supposed to be Billy, who's the kid they sent first, who disappeared. But I I mean, I don't know. We never saw that that's where he died, I don't think. I don't think so either. Okay, Billy, he goes, he finds this swimming pool, a child's bouncy ball shows up, of course, and he touches it and it possesses him slightly. And... Then he meets this little girl in the corner of the swimming pool, Mm -hmm. and she's facing away from him. So you know, you're like, oh, no, what happens Mm -hmm. when she turns around? When she turns around, she's got like pale face makeup on, I guess. But also, she has these like lines of eyeliner on her upper lip that are supposed to make it look like kind of a skull face kind of thing. No, I think. Okay, so what I thought was that was supposed to indicate that her mouth had been sewn shut at oh, some point. Oh, yeah, that's totally what it was. Okay. Yeah, okay. But also, it was no longer sewn <laughs> shut, and it definitely just looked like it had been drawn on with eyeliner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I totally thought that was like, you know, like withered old face effect, but they did it really badly. <laughs> but I, yeah, you're right. It was the sewing. And the the red rubber ball, which was like a four square ball, came back later, but never really 
Like yeah. It, it never really connected to anything. It was nope. just one of those like, oh, it's spooky when a child's toy comes tumbling out of That's the darkness. 100% That's 100% what they were doing. Literally all it was. But we're not going to actually explain this child's toy or Mm-mm. why it's connected I mean, connected there were the children that were ghosts, so that's good. However, a four-square ball right? <laughs> did not exist before the 70s. No, it was a very... And it was a very, like, well-kept. Like, yeah. it was... Still inflated. And let me tell you, having been a an elementary school teacher, keeping a four square ball inflated for a full month is a task. It's a task. Okay. So the only other thing that I have to bring up about this movie is that I really feel like it needed more of a script. I was going to mention that in my review. Because most of the dialogue of this movie, there there were definitely parts that were scripted where they were explaining like what they thought the haunting was and you know there were definitely pieces that were that were thought out and scripted but then like when they're running through the woods there was clearly no script it was just like run through the woods and be scared and maybe one guy like you're the one who's obnoxious and is trying to prank everybody you you're you're not afraid you're just being a brat and you you're afraid of everything (laughs) literally everything and like you your goal is to get this person to go here like they had things that they were supposed to do like in a murder mystery yeah dinner that's what they were doing but they weren't given any direction as to how to do it and so most of it was just them running around in the dark yelling each other's names this movie sounded realistic in the sense that everybody talked over everybody Mm -hmm. else and was yelling the whole time, and it was so hard to sit through all that noise. And realistic in the sense that if people don't know what to say, like, that's what happens. (laughs) You just, like, say the same thing over and over again until you get what you want. (laughs) You know, you have a a, a purpose, and you're, like, just driven toward that purpose. But there's a reason movies aren't like that, because that's not fun. That's why we hire writers. Yeah. Yeah, that was hard to hear. It's one of the things more so than almost any found footage I've seen, this was just like, just yelling and overlapping speech. And it's just so hard. Chaos. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was very overstimulating. I think if you are someone who struggles with like when too many things are happening at once, this movie will be very stressful for you. Yeah. Oh, we forgot to mention the opening credits to this movie are the fanciest part of the entire movie. They're like this artistic thing where the camera is slowly panning over stuff. And it's like, it's a scene, but also like written on things in the scene are the various credits. So the camera's panning past each credit. So you're like, oh, the associate director is written on that guy's hand Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And it's still at the beginning. (laughs) Yeah. At the beginning, it's frozen in time. There's, There's even like a CGI like bottle of acid being spilled in the air or something, you know, droplets everywhere. But then it keeps going and now stuff is moving. Yeah. And by the end, it's like, it's the scene where someone, I assume Lady Brandt, is torturing children. Maybe that was artistic of them. Maybe they were doing it like it's not moving and now it is like it was a progression. It was a subtle transition <laughs> from the credits to now we're in a talkie. <laughs> <laughs> talkie. Yes. I don't know. It was real dumb. And it was like two thirds of their budget. Uh, definitely. Yeah. It's probably why they couldn't afford to hire a scriptwriter. <laughs> yeah. 
So that was that movie. Yeah. Ratings. I was not interested in this movie at all. Like, like about halfway through, and possibly because it was so overstimulating yeah. that I just couldn't, like, my brain was shut down out of self-defense. <laughs> Much like the men, as they were being attacked yeah. by ghosts, were just like, nothing is happening, it's fine, I didn't see anything. <laughs> yes. I tried to keep watching it because I knew I was, like, on the job. <laughs> <laughs> and so I like took a lot of notes, but my notes in this case are very much like this happened. Now this <laughs> happened. So that because I knew I was going to forget everything that happened in this movie because I wasn't really paying attention. Ah, I, it's sad because I think there's like something to the story here. I think they could have like the idea of this group of guy friends who had been friends forever, who like basically trolled other guys by sending them to a haunted house. Yeah. And then it turns out, oh, that haunted house is actually haunted. And now we have to go save them, which I thought, well, you know, like they were like, oh, Eddie hasn't come back. We should probably go find him. <laughs> Again, non-toxic. Non-toxic, like a crayon. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I think there's something there. I think there's something there to the like lady who perhaps because 19 children is just too many children to be responsible for, like loses her mind. And then her husband tries to save her children from her. And then she retaliates by killing them all. I mean, I think there's, there are good horror elements here. Mm -hmm. They just didn't come together in a way that was watchable for me. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I don't know. It's one of those situations where I feel kind of bad saying that because I suspect people were really working hard to try to do this thing that they were really excited about, which is great. But it, there's some leveling up of the skills that is needed if they want to be good at this thing that they're excited about. <laughs> so I don't know. There's not really anything for me to really hate, hate about it. I feel bad giving it something super low. But on the other hand, like... I feel like I have to give this movie one and a half very permissive cops who know your dad. <laughs> it just didn't work. Like it, it wasn't good enough to be interesting, but it wasn't bad enough to be interesting either. It yeah. just was not interesting. Yeah. I think it, the screaming and <laughs> overlapping really stands out. Like we've watched a lot of low budget junky found footage movies and yes, they, you know, people get kind of screechy in them, but not like this. This no. was exceptional in terms of dealing with people yelling at you. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like I was a little interested in the story and how it goes. And whenever they started to quiet down a little bit, I'm like, okay, now we're going somewhere. And then, of course, something would happen and they'd all start yelling at each other again. And but not something actually scary. No. Something completely innocuous would happen and they would all start screaming. <laughs> because when the scary stuff happened, they'd go, nothing happened. It's yeah. fine. So I think, yeah, this there's not a lot of reason to watch this movie. It's a little above the level of like asylum trash movies. Yeah. But it's not worth seeing at all. <laughs> I would not recommend this movie. And I also give it one and a half very permissive cops who know your dad out of five. Yeah. I mean, on the plus side, if you like that kind of movie, but the problem you have with asylum trash type movies is that they're super misogynistic and unpleasant <laughs> to watch in that regard. Well, this was still misogynistic. 
But so much less. Yeah. It was more tolerable. It did not make me want to personally go into the movie and murder all of the terrible men myself. Yeah. I think the fact that they made sure the women were basically not in the movie. Yeah. So that it could be all about men treating other men nicely. That Which was, is fine. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't about men treating women badly. But they still did. <laughs> yes. That's, it's who they were. It's not what they were about. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I love when we make references that are completely and utterly for ourselves about things that are so niche no one else has ever heard of them. No one has to know. We're fun. We're fun. Fight the horror of a world gone mad. For today's hot political tip, I'm not going to have a tip. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I'm just going to raise a glass to yesterday's indictment arrest and arraignment of our former president, he who shall not be named, and say, I hope that this is step one in a very, very long slide into obscurity and the destruction of the toxicity that has been surrounding him. Yeah, it would be cool to have, you know, like democracy and that sort of thing happening. Mm, Wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to hold my breath or anything, but it's one of those times where you have to notice, like, in the middle of all the the chaos and screaming, Mm -hmm. you have to notice... All the voices screaming at each other. The little positive steps, and this is one of them. And so, yay. Cheers. Cheers. And with that said, in this new era of freedom and prosperity... We're going to watch another movie next week, and we're going to tell you all about it, and you're going to love to hear it. Woo! We'll see you then. Bye. Don't forget to call your elected representative. It's a small town. No one <laughs> No one here expected what was to come during that hot summer in 1953. More to come later as we discuss the scarecrow in the cornfield. <laughs> what I can't see is that your whole face changes too. Well, that's how you do things. If I could do voices... I would do the guy. I would do the guy. That was my voice that I do when I have a slab of toffee across my tongue. <laughs> yeah, that, that voice. <laughs> no, if I could do voices, I would do the guy who does the the daily podcast for the New York Times mm-hmm. because he has a very distinctive cadence. Uh, I don't know that well. He just puts weird pauses in the middle of sentences where they don't belong. Like William... Shatner? Somewhat.